Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Stephen Wilson, and you are listening to the podcast, The Leaves of a Victim Nevermore. This podcast is for individuals who identify as victims of addiction or victims of abuse. I am a adult survivor of childhood sex abuse, and I am in a group therapy with other men that were abused as children. I'm also a drug user. Today's podcast episode is again going to be taken from a therapy session that we had this week. But before I begin, I'm going to maintain the the format and I'm going to do a reading. Uh, This episode is going to be uh, taken from the poetry of Walt Whitman one of my favorites all time. He's sexy. Uh, This poem is entitled The Wound Dresserer. One. An old man bending. I come among new faces. Years looking backward, resuming an answer to children. Come tell us, old man, as from young men and maidens that love me, aroused and angry, I'd thought to beat the alarm and urge relentless war. But soon my fingers failed me, my face drooped, and I resigned myself to sit by the wounded and soothe them or silently watch the dead. Years hence of these scenes, of these furious passions, these chances of unsurpassed heroes. Was one side so brave? The others were equally brave. Now be witness again. Paint the mightiest armies of earth, of those armies so rapid, so wondrous. What saw you to tell us? What stays with you latest and deepest of curious panics, of hard-fought engagements, of sieges, tremendous, what deepest remains? O maidens and young men I love and that love me, what do you ask of my days, those strangest and sudden your talking recalls? Soldier alert, I arrive after a long march covered with sweat and dust. In the nick of time I come, plunge into the fight, loudly shout in the rush of successful charge, enter the captured works. Yet lo, like a swift running river, they fade. Pass are gone, they fade. I dwell not on the soldiers' perils or the perils, the soldiers' joys. Both I remember well, many of the hardships, few the joys, yet I was content. But in silence, in dreams' projections, while the world of gain and appearance and mirth goes on. So soon what is over forgotten, and waves wash the imprints of the sand. With hinged knee returning, I enter the doors, while for you up there, whoever you are, follow without noise and be a strong heart. Bearing the badges, water and sponge, straight and swift to my wounded I go, where they lie on the ground after the battle brought in. 
where their priceless blood reddens the grass, the ground, or to the rows of the hospital tent, or under the roofed hospital, to the long rows of cots up and down each side I return. To each and all one after another I draw near, not one do I miss. An attendant follows holding a tray. He carries a, a refuse pail, soon to be filled with clotted rags and blood, emptied and filled again. I onward go, I stop, with hinged knees and steady hand to dress the wounds. I am firm with each. The pangs are sharp yet unavoidable. One returns to me his appealing eyes. Poor boy, I never knew you. Yet I think I could not refuse this moment to die for you, if that would save you. Three. On, on I go. Open doors of time, open hospital doors. The crushed head I dress, poor grazed hand, tear not the bandage away. The neck of the cavalry man with the bullet through and through I examine. Hard the breeding rattles, quite glaze already the eye, let, yet life struggles hard. Come, sweet death, be persuaded, O beautiful death, in mercy, come quickly. From the stump of the arm, the amputated hand, I undo the clotted lint, remove the slough, wash over the matter and the blood. Back on his pillow, the soldier bends with curved neck and side, falling head. His eyes are closed, his face is pale, he dares not look upon the bloody stump, and has not yet looked on it. I dress a wound in the side, deep, deep, but a day or two more, for see the frame, all the wasted and sinking, and the yellow-blue continent sea. I dress the perforated shoulder, the foot with the bullet wound. Cleanse the one with the gnawing and putrid gangrene, so sickening, so offensive, while the attendant stands behind, beside me, holding the tray and pail. I am faithful. I do not give out. The fractured thigh, the knee, the wound, and the abdomen, these and more I dress with impassive hand, yet deep in my breast a fire, a burning flame. Four. Thus in silence and dreams projections, returning, resuming, I thread my way through the hospitals. The hurt and wounded I pacify with soothing hand. I sit by the restless all dark night. Some are so young, some suffer so much. I recall the experience sweet and sad. Many a soldier's loving arms about this neck have crossed and rested. Mending many a soldier's kiss dwells on these bearded lips. Today's reading was poetry by Walt Whitman, The Wound Dresser. Well, dear friends, um, this coming weekend, we all get here in America an extended weekend those of you abroad, you don't really have that. But here in America, we are real big on celebrating 
just about anything. And this coming Monday, we will celebrate what's called Memorial Day. And on Memorial Day, we have to acknowledge those Americans that died in combat, the soldiers that went abroad, those that stayed here and died for the country. Well, that's what we're told. That's what's on the, the calendar. That's what's on the marquee. That's what everybody goes through. Dead soldiers in combat, they get one day of the year. Now, uh, for those of you that are not Americans, you might ask yourself, how does one celebrate such a day? Well, uh, the standard issue is something to do with the pool or lakeside or maybe river fishing. Probably going to light up the barbecue once, maybe twice. And here in America, it is the unofficial start of summer. Within the next couple of weeks, most schools will be ending. Students will be out. Uh, college is going to have their graduations if they haven't already. It's going to be the end of one thing and the beginning of another. Just a cycle of knife. And I have to tell you, I wasn't really sure if I was going to even do an episode on this, but the thing was is that as oftentimes with this podcast, I get ideas and they come and go and I, if they stick around and I, then I just go with it. And here, because we were going to have an extended weekend coming up, um, the facilitator made it clear that there was going to be a change of the days. And when people chime in in a group, they can talk about anything. There really is no so-called, you know, what is this theme going to be this week? And so the conversation happened really between two separate members. One of them was talking about their dog and how the dog was entertained and how the dog was apparently um, almost completely destroyed by the loss of one of their toys. And then the second member was talking about this upcoming celebration of the dead, the combat soldier, and how it affected his family. And if I hadn't really been there, I probably wouldn't have believed that it took place. And there's no way for me to do it justice, but I will give you, in brevity, the the, the overall gist of it, which was to say that one of the members believed that their dog was going through the trauma of war, having lost a toy, and the other member believed that there was trauma and having to deal with the empty chair. The person that should be there, they're not there because of war. Now in America, War is just part of the deal. It's not really that we're trying to be Sparta. If we look like Sparta, it's because, well, that's because you view us that way. But this infatuation with combat, this infatuation with war, uh, 
a war on poverty, a, a war on wealthy, a war on drugs. In America, that's what it is. But this is only, the, the, for this, for those of you that are not American, for those of you that don't understand American culture, this is the only day when we acknowledge the loss of life in these wars. Because these wars are identified as wars, combat. And this group member, he was talking about somebody in his family had died in Vietnam. And then he had a family member that had died in the war on terror. I'm not going to get into the politics of either one of those. You'll have to do that on yourself. Go ask Google. But the issue here has to deal with loss. And again and again and again, as I sit through these group sessions, I invariably my mind goes somewhere and it went back to Whitman. I love Whitman, I do. We had a thing going on in high school. <laughs> but the poem that I, I read, The Wound Dresser, that's a poem that, you see, to understand Whitman, when you start looking at the editions that he wrote, the first couple editions are dealing with, well, it is the beginning and the effect of the Civil War here in America. An American fighting an American for the sake of America. Whitman was an, uh, a Yankee. He was from New York. And he believed, he loved Abraham Lincoln. And so when you read Whitman, he romanticizes just about everything. I mean, in the latter editions, he romanticizes about the sores that he has on his body, the fact that he can't control his bowel movements. I mean, the guy gets pretty personal, but he romanticizes everything. And during the Civil War, he did take some government jobs, but he was also a volunteer. He volunteered to actually be with soldiers. And it all started with his own brother being in the Northern Army and the newspapers, they had published a list of names of casualties of war. And Whitman found his brother's name on the list and went to go find the body. Turns out that he actually did not die. But the Civil War affected Whitman and therefore it affected his art. Because by the third edition, you really get all of those things that he was feeling for Abraham Lincoln, for the Northern soldier, for the Southern soldier. You really get a sense of what war does to the people that, that deal with it on a daily basis. And that's what I thought of when I was in that group session this week. I thought about war. For myself, my grandfather was in World War II and my father was in the Korean War. And I always found it interesting the way that war is perceived in America. 
And when I think about the idea that, you know, you, you have this concept of what you are, and then you have this concept of where you live. For God and country, for God and country, for God and country. Okay, but what is a country? What is a victim? What is a soldier? I mean, fundamentally, I, I, I can give you a definition of it, but what is war? What is the utility of war? Now, you can kill a bunch of people, but you don't really go after the philosophy that got them to engage you in the first place. And Whitman brings out this point in that poem. There is bravery on both sides. Whitman, although he was from the North, he understood, he empathized with the soldiers in the South. That really is part of his majesty. He was an open, raw nerve, and he felt everything. When he spoke about Abraham Lincoln, there was some exaltation. He did put him up on an ivory tower. But he also believed that Abraham Lincoln was an everyday man, an everyman for the American people. But the war was killing him on the inside. Nobody knows what Lincoln would have done if he had been a non-war president. Nobody knows and nobody's ever gonna know. But we have to take that with Whitman as well. We have no idea what his poetry would be like if he didn't have to go through the ravages of war as, a, as that attendant, because that is him. He is walking through those corridors. He is sitting next to these, these amputees. He is cleaning the wounds. He would go around and he would, he would basically TLC these soldiers. They knew they were dying. According to Whitman, he had seen death so many times that even when he went outside and there was still sun left, he didn't feel it. Whitman never pulled a trigger. He never marched on the enemy. But he was in that civil war as much as any soldier on either side. But when the guy kept talking about his dog, you could see that he was getting emotional. He didn't even want to be in the session. He was so worried he didn't want to. He actually, he, just for the time that he was away, he actually took the dog to his mom's so she could watch him. Now, it is true that in experimental design, which is a field I studied for a little while, it is all subjective. It is perspective. But I wondered if it was a microcosm, a senator, a president, a prime minister, a king, sending other people's children into the fray. It's not that I'm ungrateful. I mean, as an American, I know that I have liberties that other countries don't even understand. And I have traveled extensively, and so I understand different countries and, and their norms and mores and taboos. 
It's not that I'm ungrateful. But I am still always dealt with that question. What is the utility of war? Because those people that believe that that war is necessary, those people that believe that without this war, our life is never going to continue. What investment is there? Because when he was talking about his, his cousin that had died in the war on terror, he kept talking about how we left Afghanistan. He didn't cry, but he teared up a little bit. He didn't lose it. He seldom ever does. But he looks at the ledger and he doesn't understand. And so is it really perspective? The Taliban, they fundamentally were not going to invade America. But is the philosophy of the Taliban any less than or greater than that of the philosophy of America? Those things that are happening in Russia and Ukraine. Is, it, is Putin any less guilty than Zelensky? Both those men are extremely wealthy. They're well known, they're famous. And neither of them are going to get wounded they're going to be just fine, even in the short term. Because when you talk about war, the one thing that you can bet is the person that got you into that war, they don't pay the price. Even if, even if Zelensky loses to Putin, he and his family are going to be just fine. But the people of Ukraine, they're the ones that suffer. And really, it's only part of Ukraine. The western part seems to be okay. But it is the Russian side, the eastern Ukraine, that suffers greatly. But I looked at both those guys in the group and I realized that they were both going through secondary trauma. The guy in the group, he had never been a soldier. He had never been in war. But he talked about what happened with his family. And those moments where his aunt and uncle had to go to the cemetery. Because he had gotten the 21-gun salute and everything. But this isn't about World War I or World War II. This isn't about black and white footage. This is right here, right now. You can actually look at a woman that gave birth to a son, and that son went over there, and he came back in a box. And today, in America, you only get one day of the year to show your gratitude, to acknowledge the soldier that did not come back. They're not sleeping, they're not sick, they're dead. I think I've said this before, but that really is part of being a human. You know that this is not gonna end well.
but you really believe that tomorrow, maybe. Next week, maybe. That's what it is. If anybody tells you to fill in the blank, you write down M-A-Y-B-E. That's the answer, maybe. And I have to tell you for myself, what will I be doing? With this extended weekend, what will I be doing? There will be barbecue. There might be water. But I'm not going to a cemetery. I'm not going anywhere near a cemetery. Because I don't know what it is to be a citizen in, in your country, but in America, it is really hard for me to look at the American people and take them seriously when they tell me that they believe in life. As a suicide, I don't keep time the way you do. Maybe that's not fair, but that's what it is. If it is true that you lost something, then there should be a reflection and that should be manifested in what you gain. And I, am I to believe that the soldiers that died in the 20-year in the war on terror, am I to believe that they kept Taliban at bay? Am I to believe that the Taliban were getting ready to deploy soldiers in Wisconsin, in Jersey, in Florida? I mean, that whole thing is just a folly. I understand what is expected of me as, a, as an American. This coming Monday, I am supposed to acknowledge the soldiers that died. I am grateful, but that's as far as I'm willing to go. You have been listening to the podcast, The Leaves of a Victim Nevermore with Stephen Wilson. My name is Stephen Wilson. May you be a blessing and may you find serenity. <laughs>